And welcome to the Lords of Loud podcast. We're just four guys who enjoy a good debate about music. We thought we'd move our rants and discussions into the podcast era. I'm Lord Ben, Lord of the Lords. I'm the Walrus. As always with me, I have Lord Brett. He is the Eggman. Lord Kev, he is the Scotch Eggman. And Lord Al, he's the Eggplant. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud. And on tonight's episode, it's another one of the big ones. It's the Group D in the Beatles verses. And uh, tell you what, they don't come much bigger than some of the acts we've got on this particular episode. I think we've got Pink Floyd, Elton John, Jimi Hendrix, and David Bowie. Some giant, some giant some killers. Here, some giant people. killers. We, we've had, saying, we've had to bring out the big guns. What are we saying, Glasgow? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Is it Bowie? Bowie? We say Bowie. Bowie. So, obviously, last week, you know, everyone was very disappointed. Led Zeppelin didn't get through. Got booted out. They did, they did come second. They did come second, which yep. is all right. I remember second. Let's uh, see. What's, uh, what's the recap, though, Brett, from last week? Who did win last week's? Uh, Bob Dylan won the previous, um, previous, the previous match. Uh, uh, edging out, well, didn't edge out. Thrash, Led Zeppelin, uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, second, uh, Beach Boys just got over the line against Elvis, so Elvis came fourth. So That's a very good. Yeah, really? Mm. But, I mean, it all made sense at the time. <laughs> it made sense then, yeah. Let's not... Maybe we should not... revisit it. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we just <laughs> boost Led Zeppelin a bit more... Yeah, I don't know. I think that that felt pretty right to me. I think that was that's where it should have ended up. I think Dylan's done enough to deserve his spot in the final. So that's, thank you. That's good. Thank you. All right, and just to remind listeners, the categories that we judge on are popularity and commercial success, experimentation and artistic influence, critical acclaim, career progression and achievement, and musicianship and songsmithmanship. So let's kick it off with Pink Floyd. Um, I'm happy to start off. I had him at 16 points for popularity and commercial success. Uh, obviously, one of the highest selling acts of all time. Over 250, 300 million album sales. Dark Side of the Moon, one of the highest selling albums of all time. Um, you know, I think it was, I think in, it was, on it was in charts forever. Yeah, it was on the charts for like five or six years or some ridiculous thing. Well, like isn't that. it? In the, it's in the Guinness Book of Records, isn't it? For yeah, longest, the, so. something the like longest, that. Longest yeah. charting. They don't really have charts anymore, do they? But that seemed to happen in the eighties, didn't it? You'd have these albums that just sat in, mm. you know, That's like it. your Dire Straits and things like that. They just yeah. went in and never went away. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. You know? So, yeah, you might be thinking 16 maybe is a little low, but I, I think they were always a band that had sort of a niche following. Uh, they obviously had a couple of breakouts, especially on the Wall album, and, you know, maybe Wish You Were Here, but generally they were sort of a... Uh, they, they were never a, a pop band as such, so I feel like they, they never reached the popularity that they probably could have, or, or not, not that they didn't want that popularity, but, um, you know, you can't put them up in the same echelon as, as, say, a Michael Jackson or a Madonna or even a Led Zeppelin who, who sort of <laughs> crack, cracked it into that... Yeah. Cracked it into that sort of I mean, popularity filled, sphere. They filled stadiums. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a, they had a they hardcore fan art, base. Art house kind of. Yeah, that's right. And full credit to yeah, them okay. that they, they stuck to that that mould and didn't you know sell out. I mean, after after things like The Wall and, and even you know, Wish You Were Here as a single, they could have 
gone, okay, let's let's sort of write some more Christmas album hits. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, do a Christmas right. album. That's They've it. done a Christmas album. Um, uh, yeah, look, I, I had them at 17, and uh, for pretty much the same reason, yes, uh, the, somewhere along the way, it's hard to call some of those albums they put out popular or commercial. Uh, I mean, again, there's lots of recognition for, for um, FM fans. Um, but yeah, nowhere near as in the popular, popular or commercial category as, as as you said, like a Michael Jackson. So I had them at seventeen. Mm. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'd say seventeen as well. Um, yeah, I agree with Ben that there were you know some some songs or albums that resonated with people, um, and that's why they were so popular, like Dark Side of the Moon. Just you know, side note again that uh, you know outsold any Beatles album. Um, <laughs> so we just stop the competition right now. Yeah, yeah. they've won. Yeah, we're yeah. done. That's right. Luckily, there's a whole bunch of other confusing categories. That's right. <laughs> with which to get lost. But, it, but but I guess what uh, you're saying is on this category alone, you know, if Dark Side of the Moon has outsold any of the contenders, including the Beatles, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's not to be sneezed at, but I think, yes, overall, if you look at all their albums, um, yeah, they, oh, and, and across their career, they wouldn't have sustained that popularity. No. So. Mm. Kev, what, what do you think? So I'm going, to, I'm going to chop them down a bit. Ooh. And it's interesting because one of, the, one of the reasons we started this podcast was around the idea that people like Pink Floyd and other people don't. <laughs> and it's I a strange concept. Really. It is I a strange concept. Popularity is probably where I would single down in this. Single down? Single down. What is that? <laughs> not sniffing at that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the thing is, they're not popular with me. And they're not popular with ah. people that don't love them. And I'm, I know this is a bit vague and strange. I'm going to go about 12. What? Well, wow. feel like uh. if you love Pink Floyd, you love them. You're in a cult. <laughs> you don't know that they're a bit shy. Well, they you are cult, they are cult band to some extent. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the problem. I think, like, I get, I get why people do love them, but I think they're also a bit like the Doors, and you're meant to sort of grow out of them. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to. Wow. Okay. I can't. Okay. I, I can't. I can't dispute the commerciality success. No, that's about a ten. Yeah. Two points for popularity. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to have to revise my score. Yeah. <laughs> just based on just based on Kevin. Just bump them up a bit. Okay. All right. Yeah, so it. experimentation and artistic influence. I'm had them at 19 points. Oh, big score. Um, I don't think there's many other acts who have progressed. Well, let's not. I won't use the word progress because that comes into career progression. But who have gone from uh, experimented, obviously, you know, psychedelic rock in the early years. They went through. They invented space rock, pioneered prog rock. Um, experiment with all different genres through through their albums, all the way through to you know folk, even rock opera, they, you know with the Wall and things like that. So, and obviously highly influential on lots of other bands, mm. including mm. more modern bands like Radiohead and uh, Muse and yeah. Kellos. Killers, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I had them at eighteen. I, I agree um, that the influence. Um, uh, even stylistically, you know, from a visual perspective, just mm. the influence um, that they created in the, you know, in the landscape around. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm sort of with you there in score. Mm-hmm. Al? Al, what are you? I'll say 19 as well. Oh, I'm just hedging my bed, so, you know, <laughs> Kev will probably... Oh, Kev will probably get suddenly seven to spite yeah. them, like the bastard he is. <laughs> 
Okay. Speaking of Kev. Speaking of Kev. I'm going to mark them down a bit. Yep. Um, (laughs) Experimentation. Yeah. I mean, I listened to all of the albums. (laughs) And um, whatever they were experimenting with wasn't worth experimenting with after, <laughs> after a period of time. I'm not, I'm not going to say, like, the early stuff I really thought was experimental and different and wonderful and yeah. really ahead of ahead of its time. It's just when they kind of went on to that bigger sound, I didn't find that to be experimental. I found that to be soft rock. Um, and artistic influence, I can't deny that there are bands out there that have looked at what they've done and bands that I love, you know, mm. uh, Flaming Lips, people like that. That have, have um, idolised them beyond all recognition, and that's where it was like quite galling because it was like you know I'd always enjoyed hating them so much, and then you'd <laughs> read that people you that you, you loved um, <laughs> loved them, and you're like, ah, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of going, kind of going middle ground here with fifteen. 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 So, so which, Ooh, like, okay. what, what point? Um, did you think that they like this? That they stopped. Sid is Sid left. <laughs> yeah, you take any Sid out of any band. Well, so you may as well just forget. So it. the first album is it for you? Yeah. Yeah. So an, an album and a half. An you album and a bit. I've had some very unfortunate experiences just being forced to listen to this album in my yep. student time. We have we have tried to get you into it a few times now. Yeah, and you've had some appraisers. Yeah, just just. No, seriously. So you didn't find I'm a Gunner experimental? Ah, uh, yeah. Was that, was that one with the Scottish dad shouting? I mean, that was just racist. <laughs> Never mind anything else. I them down for that. Um, I think that's the thing. I think I found, and we've talked about this before, like, I just found there was so much else that was new and exciting to be listening to Pink Floyd over and over and over as your only band and have the poster on the wall and say, come on, come on, let's have a joint, listen to Pink Floyd. <laughs> Uh, it really put me off them as a concept. Mm. Well, that's the thing you've been traumatised. You know, that's they, right. Yeah, yeah traumatised, that yeah. might be the one. But, but also, I mean... And you're still trying to do it, incidentally. Yeah. <laughs> still trying to do it. Don't try to get me in the room. No, we're just trying to present the fear to you in a controlled, safe environment <laughs> so you can overcome it. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck. You're going to be mm. stuck your whole life. But also, Kev, you, you, you talk about your punk influences, right? Yes. Now the punk movement was almost it was almost anti Floyd. Anti Floyd. It was that yeah. whole dinosaur, mm-hmm. you know, guitar, self indulgence, seven minute guitar solo. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, like mm-hmm. yeah. although Led Zeppelin I, um, tried to ingratiate themselves into that scene and sort of get laughed at, you know, quite rightly, but um, yeah. Pink Floyd, true to their style, they they stayed to what they were doing. Yeah. Going to try and you know they didn't put a punk album. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so credit there if there was such a category for carrying on with soft rock in the future. <laughs> <laughs> we can set right. that category in your door. Let's uh, let's go to critical critical acclaim. Um, I had them at sixteen points for critical acclaim. They you know critics did like majority of their work. Obviously, yeah, they were were acclaimed. Um, I've marked them down there for you know there was some patchy stuff there. There was there's a few albums there which which I love as a fan, but you know you, you they were maybe they were being too experimental I'm thinking mm. of Adam Hart Mother and some of the uh, even, Amag- even parts of Amagama um, yeah there's some things there which are which I can understand that people outside of the fan base would find it difficult to get through some of that work yeah. you know so um, I had them at 16 points I'd be interested to see what other people had, I had I had 15 I think you're right I, th- uh, I mean again I'm sorry Kev I'm a fan um, 
but uh, but I have I have I have attempted to get people to listen to animals, and after a while, it's like you know, hang on. Yeah, well, see, that's just, one of my favourite albums. Just sheeps and dogs. I get, but, but, but I, I can sort it. of see it from my perspective. But yeah. from the outside point of view, yeah. people are going, hang on, is this the same? You know, the same guys that yeah, you know so. do you know uh, you know. Just put mm. what you're here doing again. Please. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me so that there guitar you go. They changed, Kev, you know? They mm-hmm. did change. They changed, yeah, from soft rock into animal scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's very experimental. So, Al, Al, how'd you go? Um, so the category is critical acclaim and... No, critical acclaim. It's just acclaim. critical acclaim. Is that it? Yeah. That's I it. thought we always had it's double. Always been it's not critical acclaim and hairstyles or anything? No. <laughs> right, okay. Um... Just throw something in, you know, give yourself your own subcategory, yeah. you know. <laughs> Not softness. Um, animalness. Uh, I'd say. Pretty high on the animalness. I'd say, say 16. 16. Mm-hmm. And for the shocking score, Kev, what, what are you going to give them for critical acclaim? Three. <laughs> You know, no, no, this isn't. This, this is your, your critique. This is not your oh, critique. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, seriously, the, I can understand that at the time they would have been a cri- a critically lauded. You know, Module magazine would have been like smearing themselves. And everything <laughs> I think they still do. Yeah, I think that's right. I think they've got a niche. I think we've talked about this before. Bands that are just um, establishment and they're mm-hmm. pretty much establishment, and um, that means, you know certain things in terms of critical uh, reaction I think they would have been difficult albums that we put out you know I put them down about 14 something like that 14. I'm not an expert on what people have written about them but I can only guess that you know <laughs> no matter what gets put out that you know isn't the difficult stuff mm. it would have been pretty well accepted sure alright so career progression and achievement I had them at 19 points it's hard to think of another act that achieved more uh, progressed more through all different kinds of musical genres. Who you know pioneered different genres of music. They're in all kind. They're in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know all the British Music Hall of Fames and won every kind, all kinds of awards mm, and things. Mm. And um, yeah, I know it probably feels a bit high, but I'm I, I'm trying to think of who who has had a bigger career. Yeah. And done more in their career. Well, well, uh, I mean, I had seventeen, and I'll, you know, as I said, I'll call that high. Um, and I think you're right. I think uh, there's longevity. You know, there there are decades where they're putting out uh, music that's um, that's successful, um, and uh, to survive, you know, one of the driving figures actually leaving the band, mm. you know, I think that's amazing that that, yeah. that they to, can to even come back at Live Eight and basically headline yeah. that concert yeah. and blow people away yeah. at that, you know, after everything that they'd been through, all the break, all the all the you know, legal action mm. and interpersonal problems and all that kind of stuff to come back and mm. still play so well yeah. and really just blow the park away. Yeah. Even like even just that little segment as as far as you know you talk about comeback whatever I mean that was that was an incredible yeah. evening. Made all the sweet workers Led Zeppelin had a horrible <laughs> gig at <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, it, it appears to be that you have to actually have members die in the band <laughs> right. to for you to decide not to keep playing, right? Maybe that's what where Zeppelin went wrong. They're not dead. <laughs> 
say career progression and an achievement. An achievement. achievement. We do um, every time. Yeah. This is the fourth time. <coughs> I know, mate, but so I just he's got like, it right here on this. <laughs> and and <laughs> I do realise you've, you've no, written some notes about this, so you no, probably just can't read your writing. No, no, but altogether there are like seven things for me to remember. Oh. You know, it's hard <laughs> enough just remembering two. So to shave, you forgot to shave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something has to give. Something's got to give. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, those legs are pretty hairy. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, Al, what is your score for career progression and achievement? Uh, I'd say 18. 18. Um, yeah, I think like going from Piper at the Gates of Dawn to the wall, if you look at you know what oh, it took to get from incredible. one yeah. to the other. That's, that's right. That's amazing. And then, Absolutely. I mean, the final cut was, well, we won't talk about that. Um, oh, see, I still find that a great album. It's an, ex- it's you know, it's essentially an extension of the wall, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. But it's still, I, I still, it holds up to me. I think it's still a great album. The wall holds yeah. up. The wall, <laughs> the wall, the wall holds up, even with and the station. And 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 can we thank uh, Hitler for potentially <laughs> yeah, most sure of the, you know. most of Roger Waters' albums about it's just his often, dad? It's not often that Hitler would get a dedication. Get a dedication. So, you know, I think it's time to give the man some respect. That's right. Because if his <laughs> if his dad had <laughs> lived, as a will count. It's a late run. So sorry, eighteen points. That was an eighteen so, from yep. Al. Uh, Kev? Kev, career progression and achievement. Well, yeah, they've achieved a lot by just being very, very accessible, <laughs> sticking around, being rock royalty, and doing lots of benefit shows, and being at people's birthdays, <laughs> being friends with Bob Dylan, and, people like that. and putting on a good well show. Done. Putting on a damn good show that people can get. But having said all that snarky stuff, yeah, they, they have been around, they have been successful, they have maintained it for decades. They did have, you know, progression in the sense of like artistically early on like for me they've made a jump from this you know extremely interesting psychedelic band into this sort of really layered smooth kind of um early floyd albums sound you know and that's not to be um sneezed towards <laughs> um, sneezed over sneezed over so you know you can't deny them that they've had that change I don't know what happened after that deep enough I think if you're a fan you can go ooh there's animal noises ooh there's no animal noises oh there's a Scottish <laughs> guy shouting in the playground oh. <laughs> you know I don't know I don't know I'm not I'm not hearing or aware enough or enough of a fan to know I guess um, the intricacies of where they brought in the Indian folk or the you know the jazz influences mm. and things mm. like that. I'm, I'm surprised as it wouldn't be in the number of albums. Out, you know, so, uh, yeah. So where are you at, mate? Uh, Fifteen. 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 Okay. All right. So musicianship and songsmithmanship. I had them at eighteen points. Um, all members were highly proficient musicians. Obviously, Gilmore is probably one of the top five rock guitarists of all time. Oh, Gilmore. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah, you have to count the night. And Roger Waters, me. Roger Waters for me is it would be in my top. Well, it'd be my top two lyricists of all time. So from a musicianship and songsmithmanship, I think they were just spectacular. If you're talking who's about one, who's number one, Dylan? Sorry, who's number one? Just so I know. In lyrics. Yeah. 
Uh, well, we might do that in another show. I don't, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. No spoilers here. Yeah. Yeah. In my talk, too. You know what I mean? Like, usually well, let's, I, want, I want to build some suspense. Um, the other thing... From a, that's what you want That's right. Exactly. Karate is much hyperbole. And just from a performance point of view, you know, they really pioneered that, that stadium, that epic stadium rock light show with the blow-up mm, animals yeah, yeah, and the whole, yeah. you know, like people went for an experience yeah. and they really pioneered yeah. that. I think that you can see that they pioneered what you might call atmospheric. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. experience, you know, in that sort of you know, mm. ambient style, mm. you know. I had them at 17, I agree. Um, uh, you can't get past... Gilmore is a guitarist. Um, he's in my top three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, and, and and again, the 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 whole the whole concept album stuff of the seventies was just brilliant. Uh, so that's where I'm at with seventeen. Uh-huh. Al, eighteen, eighteen. Yes. Oh, that was a strong. Yes. I th- I think they're all yeah very good musicians, excellent lyricists. With Roger Waters. Um, well, are they, are they all brilliant musicians, or does it matter? I think yeah, for, I think for what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Wright you know, was a you very wouldn't... underestimated keyboard player. He was he was a very good yeah, keyboard yeah. player. Um, I mean, yeah, Waters is, is yeah, proficient enough on the bass. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to say he's the world's greatest bass player. That's the thing. It's it's like Mason was good enough on the drums, but yeah, I mean, both of them know. they're doing what they should do and they're doing it well yeah that's yeah. right there was no um, you know, go, oh, he was a shit drummer or he was a shit whatever like they were more than yeah. capable and, and you know. yeah and um, I think the only thing that would drag it down a little bit for me is that like there are and they're not alone in this but there are recurring um, uh, it's not so much song structures maybe chord progressions that mm. they keep coming back to okay like from Dark Side of the Moon um, to maybe the wall, there's you know certain chord progressions or, or yeah that mm. they just they tend to go to. So it's just like you know if there's a bit more diversity in that, yeah, it'd be great. Okay. But you know it's a it's a small it's a small downside. That's a so you're almost saying it's a gimmick. Not a gimmick. I think it's just it's kind of well. It's not to the extent of ACDC. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you you know, part of it would be well, you're working with the same instruments all the time, so there are certain patterns you fall into, whether you're playing piano or guitar, um, and there are you know you've got to accommodate the singer's range as well so you tend to pick you know, mm. things that... I think a lot of that especially in the later albums too uh, yeah most of that stuff mm. was was yeah Roger Waters bringing in you know a couple of cassette tapes of him strumming an acoustic guitar so you know he'd written he'd essentially you know fleshed out all the songs and when it's just you sitting with a guitar and, mm. and writing yeah. songs you tend to fall into you know some of your favorite <coughs> chords and yeah. some in some of those patterns yeah. but I uh, like on a per album <clears throat> basis you yeah it's quite fine because you go well the wall you know sounds so strong as a concept album yeah. not only because of the lyrics but because a lot of the musical themes tie in together yeah yeah um, but when you start going oh well, you know that kind of chord progression in that song on one yeah. album was used in another album mm. or it's not like it's a hideous sin. It's just yeah. Because uh, I guess some some bands may mix that up a little bit more. Because it's interesting. I 
it'd be interesting to get someone who's not a fan, which would be Kev. <laughs> Kev's our non-fan. It's all shite. Because, because I, the, obviously common. the... the Stars um, are coming. <laughs> the sound effects are a gimmick. But but I always well yeah they are yeah you know you know Roger Waters leaves and the first album they bring out after that you know it's got sound effects on it yeah as a fan though I go I, I can't fault the sound effects they actually work no but it all works within the package and and you you know it was something we really haven't fleshed out you mentioned it before about the concept album like that again they took the idea of a concept album and perfected it. Yeah. You know, like things that had started in the 60s and people had gone, oh, I'm going to do a concept album. They actually created albums that were a story from start to finish yeah. and, and really, you know, both themically but also, yeah, some of that, like in, on Dark Side of the Moon, for example, what you're referring to as some of that droney stuff is is purely there to try to get that idea of, you know, another yeah. day mm. droney. Like, you know, there's they're using that as a technique to sort of mm. get across what the themes in the lyrics mm. they're trying to portray as well. So... I mean the wall, um, yeah, and the wall particularly, yes, yeah, incredible, yeah. yeah. Uh, like to pull to pull it off musically and lyrically, mm. and I mean you can even put a film, a coherent film together around, yeah, it. yeah. It's yeah. just yeah, and also to have songs within it that end up becoming hits in the commercial right. yeah, yeah. hits as well. That's yeah. right. Meanwhile, back to the uh, soothsayer. Maybe, maybe it's a Scottish that accent. Was, that was one album, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Kev, yeah, musicianship, songsmithmanship. Quite a bit. Like, you're going to mark it down. Here's the thing. Jeez. At the end of the day, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't really matter how great the musicians are. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching YouTube clip the other day of, like, you know, virtuoso drumming and... You know, virtuoso guitarist guys like Wing Wee Malmsteen. <laughs> it's just amazing what they can do. Incredible. And, and dull. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it doesn't work for me. It's like if, if there is, you know, all of those guys getting together in a room and being incredibly talented and it works with fans, great. Um, so no, it's just not a thing. But you don't you don't think the combination of the the yeah, good musicianship, the lyrics, the themes, the presentation, like the whole package when it comes together, like yeah, sure, I wouldn't sit there and just listen to a you know, virtuoso mm-hmm. drummer either. But yeah. when it's brought together in a, I know, guess that's what I'm trying to just paint a picture of of what it's like to sort of listen to that and go, oh, what amazing musicians. If the end result isn't something yeah. that gets you. Mm. Yep. So, so what yeah. was your score? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, can't, I can't deny there's been some great songs in there, in there as well, you know, so yeah. it's 12. 12? Wow. Jeez. Oh, I don't like them. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's become yeah. very clear. This is yeah. surprising, Kim. <laughs> All right, well, let's leave Pink Floyd there. I see wind of night be gone, this is not your domain. In the sky a bird was heard to cry. Misty morning whisperings and gentle stern sounds. Uh, and let's move on to, uh, I think he gave high schools to Little Richard. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Who's next? Let's move on to. Do you know what's interesting to me? We've, we've not really covered this, but it became apparent last week. We're talking about Led Zeppelin, and what let's call it an unreleased, unreleasable episode. Um, 
you know a lot about Led Zeppelin. You know more about Led Zeppelin for someone that hates them than anyone <laughs> I've ever met. You know, and that's that's it. That, that was very interesting. I took that away. I was like, wow, you know, I quite like them. What I've heard, but I don't know half as much as Ben does. He doesn't <laughs> like them. I think you have to, you know, like when people throw them out there as one of the top whatever, you know, ten, twenty, whatever bands of all time, you've got to investigate and go, okay, well, <laughs> that's, that's what I get. That's, that's what I don't get. I better be having a listen to this and see. Maybe that's yeah. why I felt on the need to listen to all the Pink Floyd albums. <laughs> what am I missing? All right, we're gonna go to we're gonna go on to Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. So straight into it, commercial uh, success and popularity. I had him at um, or popularity and commercial success. Sorry, I had him at fourteen points. Fourteen. Um, you know, obviously, again, very, very. It's hard to judge, really. Very limited career. Um, four albums, fine. Four albums. Yeah. Well, three, while three, he was alive. three yeah. official, three, three official. studio albums yeah, yeah. and have live albums. So, what we need is an album. Um, <laughs> really. <laughs> so you know, I commercial success. He was obviously successful within that short span of, of time. Possibly um, more successful and popular four albums. See than other albums, <laughs> other bands have been around for ages. And yeah, right. well, it's very hard. It's very hard to find sales figures for those albums just because of the time and. Um, but he's yeah. he's had enduring popularity. He's sure. become potentially, in a lot of ways, probably more popular in some facets of the of you know the fan base since his death. So um, yeah, fourteen points. What did you have? Brent? I had uh, fifteen, yep. so I'm in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I struggled to work out why I like him. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but it is because I think of you know, everything he did with guitars, and we can talk more about that later on. Mm. Um, but yeah, w- w- what what did he do that you know after s- such a limited time in you know on the earth that that we're still talking about him here? Yeah, because because exactly. exactly. you, you look at any top one hundred artist, guitarist, whatever, he, he sits there and he generally sits up the top in the top 20. Yep. Um, so he, he obviously was on the something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, really hard to... It's hard to start down the, the commercial yeah. popular thing in this case. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, him, I had him there at 15. Al? I'd say 14. 14? And that's all you're going to say you've... there? Well, much the same reason as you've got yeah. these, uh, such yeah. a limited career. Just a yeah. He just bailed. I mean, the one thing is, you know, within a very short space of time, literally, he became like, you know, very well known within within the music end, like within other, you know, within his peer group. Yeah. And then to the point where he was thrust into onto you know into Woodstock and things like yeah. that, yeah. you know, from with very little background, you know, very little mm. uh, uh, material behind him, sort of thing at that time. So. Yeah, if that counts for anything as far as popularity or... Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to cut through in America, was he? But one of the interesting things about what he did was groundwork. He was a backing musician for a long mm. time. Mm. He played with mm. a lot of great people. James Brown, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and bands of that nature. Like, yeah. He was just in the background, this wee Jimmy guy. Yeah. And like, he learned his craft, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then just started to stand out. Just yeah. Too, he was just too good. Mm. You know? um, but 
It's kind of like a crazy reflection of the Bob Dylan thing. He came over to the UK, and that's where they yeah. were ready for him. That's yeah. where they were like, mm. they were all about, you know, guitar gods at that point, and yeah, um, and he was ready to steal the crown, and people were rightly nervous because this was almost like, you literally there was a crown being passed around between yeah. Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton. Yeah, well, Clapton yeah, was yeah. there that night when he when he played when he opened yeah. um, in London there, and. Yeah, there's great stories about everyone just saying, you know, oh, like shit. basically going, oh, shit, everything's <laughs> yeah, just yeah, changed. Yeah, 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 yeah that's know? right. Well, this story was a very interesting cultural fluke that it happened mm. to come to the UK and, you know, found these boys and mm. they just sat in a room and he played his stuff and they went, oh, my God, let's hang on to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, put on some, you know, ridiculous outfits, <laughs> uh, formed a band that weekend. Yeah. And that was it, as you say, mm. the commercial yeah. popularity. Yeah. Um, intense intensity for what he'd put out yeah I'll mark him way up for that because it was like bang straight in and everything that he did was loved yeah there was yeah. no there was no downer moments it was like three or four albums as you say and it wasn't like ah uh, yeah, he's lost his way. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was yeah, elements yeah. of that. Don't well, he did. Wrong, yeah, right? like some of the other people we're talking about here tonight, even, and mm-hmm. we certainly talked about him in previous shows. Yeah, he didn't have that chance to deteriorate his career yeah, through yeah, longevity. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it has, it, it, I know. Can you mark someone down for that? Well, that's what I've tried to. Yeah, I've know. tried to come up with a. You know, uh, when I was thinking about this, I was trying to balance that out against you know what, where could he have gone? And, and that's right. Know, it's so. hard for him to have a comeback, isn't it? When <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I wouldn't really. Oh, so what was your so experimentation artistic influence i added 18 points there um you know just on experimentation alone if you look if you do look at those three albums there's just so many ideas that he's throwing around um experimenting with different sounds different effects different you know, even song structures for that matter. Guitar the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Decided to play left. Yeah, that's it. Um, but, but right, artistic influence. I mean, there's no. Yeah, you know, there's really no one more influential as a guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. You talk to I any guitarist. And we've talked about this as well. We see with Michael Jackson. You think about the live show that he evolved. Mm. You know. Yeah. That sort of um, shamanic kind of carry on, and mm. just you know the figure he was to watch playing live. That was a real. I don't think anyone's really got to that. Do you know what I mean? There's just something mm. magical about this mm. human being. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm jumping in. But, yeah. uh, and I think what's really interesting too, I read something today where they talk they talk about he, he re- was reclaiming um, the title, the musical form that was based you know, from African-Americans who, who was then taken over by all the white people. Mm. And up until he sort of hit, came back again, there weren't many African-Americans out claiming the title of for, for inventing rock and roll. It's almost mm-hmm. like he reclaimed it for them and said to a whole, a whole generation, you know, next, come on, yeah. uh, like me, this, this is our music as well. Don't leave mm. just these white fellas to, yeah. to do it also. I think that's really interesting for, for mm. artistic in, sure. influence. Yeah. I think what's really interesting when you read about his... Uh, his technical understanding, and I'm talking about the technology understanding, mm, you know, yeah. of understanding the electronics yeah, that he yeah. was playing with, <clears throat> adding to the sonic music. It was more than just you just twiddle some knobs and hope something nice comes out. Yeah. He actually understood a lot more about the the um, the electrical side of his stuff as well. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, as I say, like in those albums, and like, yeah, those three albums were released in two years, and the variety of stuff on there is incredible. And even even the first album, um, 
just the amount of the production and the like really going for things that you yeah you you'd think you'd might just play it safe with just some sort of rock mm. stuff you know mm. but he really went for it and yeah some real psychedelic yeah, sort of yeah. stuff on that and, well yeah. all the feedback the yeah, wah wah yeah. pedal I mean that stuff suddenly becomes part of us of what we do now you know mm-hmm. you just open the door for all of that mm-hmm. so my, mine was seventeen I have him there at seventeen yep Al what's category <laughs> <laughs> Experimentation and artistic yeah. influence. Yeah, I'd say uh, 17. 17. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with the use of, I think it was um, backmasking. On, yeah, yeah. What was the song? Is it Are You Experienced? I don't know, but it was like it was really prominent. It wasn't, you know, a gimmicky little John Lennon bit of the end of Rain. <laughs> it was, you know, it's just like, no, this is, you know, this is a device I will use throughout the song. Unless it was some other weird way that they're uh, yeah. doing it, but that's what it sounded like. So, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were 17, Kev? Yep. I'm going to go 18. 18. Okay. Even more than Big Floyd. Actually, let's make it 19. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. All right. Career progression and achievement. Uh, obviously, this is no, a tough no, one. On. Critical acclaim. Critical acclaim. You're right. Sorry. Jumping in there. Um, so I'm at 18 points. Uh, and again, this is one of those ones where, yes, those three uh, studio albums that he released were all well-received and uh, acclaimed by critics at the time. So I've got him at 18 points. It's hard to, again... You know, he has the benefit of only releasing the best stuff and not <laughs> going yeah, on and, right. and being able to deteriorate that further on. But, uh, yeah, what do you have, Brett? I had 17. Um, yeah, it's hard It's hard to – it's hard not to be liked when you're only around for a short time. <laughs> yeah. You can't put a foot wrong, really. You mm. can't – he can't have his fifth – album where he you know gets into yeah well there's so many you could look at and this maybe this is a whole nother show but it'd be great to look at a i think he was on this way there when he was dying actually because he just kind of lost his way with the the experience and he was <clears> trying to what is it what are they called the back and run oh, i can't remember yeah, he basically was trying to reform a band yeah band of gypsies was the yeah um i thought they were called the experience oh, okay yeah I don't know. <laughs> what do you know? But yeah, there, there might be a show in actually looking at bands' careers and going, okay, if they just stopped, then yes, they'd be the greatest band of all time, type thing, you know, or mm. or what, it, you know, like without having to go well, the other way. Well, Who well, would have got shit? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because that's right. The other the other thing too is is how much uh, uh, extra brainy points do you get for dying? Yeah, you know, and well, that, we'll, that's not. We will definitely do a show on that right, because there's so many. Because you're a bastard, yeah, good-looking corpse. You get turned into a martyr, and and you yeah. know, a lot of people uh, regarded way higher than they should be. But mm-hmm. let's stick on the topic here. So, what did you give them there, Kev? Yeah, Sorry yeah, for critical. Or done that? No, no, no. Critical claim. Me. Um, seventeen. I'm eighteen. You're eighteen. Yep. Cool. I'm just un- un- it's unusual doing such high scores from the cab. That's all. <laughs> yeah. and pen's not writing it properly. He's all determined right. to drive Pink Floyd out of the pool. That's it. <laughs> He's so, skewing every other result. Uh-huh. So for career progression and achievement, I had him at 14 points. Um, again, this is a very hard one to judge with that. Just yeah. the three albums. Uh, he's in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's won you know won a lot of awards, most <laughs> posthumously, of course. Um, and but yeah, just three studio albums. So it's yeah. 14 points. I think that's a fair. Yeah, I had 13 for for the same reason. It's hard to. Yep. 
I think um, what I think is really interesting is is maybe his estate uh, hasn't done such a great job afterwards. I don't know. No, they didn't early there's some on. Real, there's some real crap yeah. albums that are released. Yeah, early on they didn't control his, his music properly and there was some, yeah, rubbish that went out. Yeah. Um, in the later years they've they've done some nice releases to sort of rectify some of that, mm. but it's, yeah, the horse has already bolted. It's, yeah, it's, that's right. It's still, there was never that, you know, when Elvis had his big mm. uh, uh, comeback. Yeah. Um, no, I'm talking about when he, after he's dead. Mm, but yeah. there was a real big the record company did a really big push. Yeah, you know, and I think wow, that, they really wrapped that up quite nicely. Mm. Haven't seen that with Hendrix yet, where yeah. someone's done a here's the definitive and fa- and put out some great stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Al, what do you have for? Oh, sorry, Brett. What do you? I oh, know we already Brett. I did. Al? I had thirteen. Yep. Just say thirteen. 13. Uh, just uh, thinking of albums that were put together. There was that uh, one of um, like a tribute to. Jimi Hendrix that had all the oh, yeah, yeah. various artists. I can't remember when it came out, but uh, you'll be pleased to know that Seal right. um, wow. did Manic Depression. So. Did he? All right, mm-hmm. there you go. And yeah. then he's I, think, I think it was the first song on the, on the tribute. So, you know, he's... You mean yeah. he opened the concert? He's right up there. Yeah, he's, he's got play up. Yeah. Seal just listened to his first album and then thought, I know exactly <laughs> the song. <laughs> <laughs> For me. Uh, I'm going to go 16. 16? I think nice. that... Um, his career progression and achievement yep. for a short time um, was very interesting, mainly because he broke in a different culture and because of his um, kind of high level slash <laughs> um, low impact uh, sort of traineeship, you know, mm. the people that he worked with, the people they learned from, you know, the stagecraft that he brought to that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. cool. All, All right. right. Uh, musicianship and song smithmanship. I had him at 16 points. Uh, obviously, there's some classic songs there. Uh, yeah, and he's potentially the the most influential rock guitarist of all time. So, yeah. What do you do? Where do you yeah, go yeah, with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's 10 points for his guitar playing, six points for the songs, is what I'm. Yeah, and I, I, had, him at, down I had him at, at 17, I think. Um, uh, there probably wasn't enough time to see, mm. you know. I mean, uh, it, the Dylan song he did, I think, is brilliant. All on so, the Watchtower. Yeah, all yeah. on the Watchtower. Yeah. Um, well, it's the it's the definitive version. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I don't think I don't think there was enough evidence to be able to go. Yeah, he's uh, you know ten and ten for songwriting. Um, so I had him at seventeen. Mm-hmm. I'd go a little bit lower at fifteen. Fifteen okay. from Al. Yep. He did have some stinkers in there, but uh, in terms of technical. What yeah. he was doing. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that although we started off this having a bit of a, or I started this having a bit of a go at virtuoso musicians, he's the ultimate virtuoso magician in a way, but mm. it's done with taste, it's done with mm. style. Mm. Yeah. And that's why he's such a massive icon, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Mm. That's right, seventeen. Yeah. All right. Nice. Very good. tonight what's going on <laughs> oh well no keep had a bit of a go before well, hang on we're about to do Elton John so 
All right, Elton well, John. Well, the true test will be whether Kev votes high on Elton John just so that Pink Floyd is last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's now that he's successfully that booted them maybe, out of that would maybe pretty shallow out of a top yep. position. Yeah. Well, I've got faith in you. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to see Elton John do well either. <laughs> You're torn now. All right. So Elton John, commercial success, popularity. I had him at 18 points. I mean, it's over 300 million album sales. He's one of the highest selling artists of all time. Um, you know, I don't. Most most people know an Elton John song or have yeah. seen him, even if it was on, you know, doing England Rose at Diana's yeah, funeral. Yeah, like most yeah. people, or mm. hearing one of his songs in a in a Disney soundtrack. Or yeah, something yeah. Like, like I think yeah, yeah. I think most people have had exposure to him and, and would know, you know who he is and that sort of thing. So, I have him at eighteen points. Right? Yeah, I, I had him at eighteen for exactly the same reason. I think. Um, uh, uh, Whilst whilst he has had a spotted career, I think uh, there are some definitive songs he's written. Yep, I'd say eighteen as well. And I was amazed, like when I started going through the list of his albums, just how many he's, he's released. Mm. Yes, I, I can't I can't comment on how good they are. Well, you know how yeah. many of those are going to number one in the US. He had like 10 or 12 albums that were number yeah. one yeah. in a row. Mm. It was yeah. insane. There's nothing like yeah. it. No, that, I think in terms of popularity and commercial success, you can't really argue with yeah. that you know, level of popularity. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not that popular with me, but more popular <laughs> with me <laughs> than, say, a band like Pink Floyd. Yeah. Like, and I, I have to say that well, growing up with Elton John, I didn't get it. I was, he was just establishment and dull. Yeah. But his songs really... You can't argue there are enough wonderful songs in mm-hmm. there. Um, just this, the craft of what he does is, mm. is pretty incredible. And I should just mention here, yep. it's only fair to include Bernie Taupin as the lyricist. So it's yeah. like it's the Elton John band, essentially, we're yeah, talking we about. Not him that, as a single, yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah, the yeah. piano player. Incredible. Mm. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, we'll get to musicianship as well. So yeah. Like um, 17. 17, okay. So experimentation, artistic influence. I had him at 16 points. Um, if you follow his discography through from the very early stuff right through to certainly to the to the late 70s, well, even to the 80s when he starts to do the some of that really... 80s pop stuff he's going they're going through so many genres uh you know country rock glam prog gospel art pop and then into the vaudeville tunes and then he does also and then and then all the way into like the film soundtracks work and all that i mean you know there's there's barely a, a genre that he doesn't touch through that um and even even to the point of concept albums and things in, mm-hmm. in that early 70s period as well um and as far as influence i think um, and that's probably why i've got him down at 16 like i don't i, I yeah i'm sure he has been very yeah. influential yeah. i don't think he's someone who necessarily you know people go oh no i was you know influenced by elton john yeah, you yeah. know necessarily mm-hmm. some certainly some people would yeah. be but that's why I've got him probably at 16 instead of, yeah, more of an 18 or something. But Yeah, I, I mean, I have 15, and I think it's for the same reason. You can't you can't doubt over his career the experimentation he's done and, and the interesting things he's, he's done that way. Um, you know, again, potentially he was very uh, uh, influential in, in the 70s, um, but I think over his career, yeah, you know, I don't think... The other thing I might go to something that Kev talks about, would people be willing to say 
that they were influenced by That's it. Mm. Elton and, because he was establishment he, for so long. Yeah, yeah. Because by, by the 80s, he's so, he suddenly is the establishment. That's right. And he's one of those artists that is, is in that category of people where it's not cool to like Elton John. No. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, we talked about that in one of the other episodes. Ooh, like, a, I mean, back in the 70s, you know. Oh, in the 70s. Sure, the it, they were in that period, yeah. yeah. But certainly by the time the 80s rolled around, you know, oh, yeah, Elton John, you know, it was that yeah. sort of... All right. Actual musicians, we use all types, you know, will openly, you know, mm. like Targa's a huge fan. And, sure, yeah. Um, what's his face from Coldplay and all that, you know. Mm. Chris Farn, you yeah. know. I think they'd probably uh, pick a particular period mm. and be very emphatic yeah. about that. Yeah. Like, I yeah. only mean, you know, yeah. 70s Elton. I don't mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. 90s Elton. It's only true fans so. who love some of that 80s stuff as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Al, oh, sorry, your, Al yeah. so I'll say school? I'll say fifteen, 15. And, I, and I think only because his long career uh, has worked against him right. in the end. So, like even even though you know I could be dramatically wrong because I have not listened shamefully to all his albums, um, I would take a punt and say from about the mid eighties onwards, it's been a bit shit. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, and a bit repetitive, and you know, a bit, a bit softer than Pink Floyd, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm yeah. going to do. Okay. He like Dylan. He, he had a he's had a late harder. career mm-hmm. resurgence. If you look at some of his later, some of his very recent albums, like Dylan, they uh, that's a return to some some good form there. Um, is, so it's is worth that, checking out. Is that though, and I, you know, I hesitate to say potentially deal. Is it because at some point uh, uh, you move beyond being the establishment to being? There's a bit of a golden era feel about him. Oh, you know, a, a, a statesman. You know, you mm. you, you, you gain a bit yeah. more luster because people yeah. have forgotten the fact that you've been around forever. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, good old Elton. You know, yeah. and always bash out of tune. There's an element to that, but I think there's I think there's a point for these artists where they're they're trying to keep up with what's happening. And then they just go, why am I trying to, you know, and that's when some of the real shit stuff happens. When you're just trying to <laughs> keep up with the pop, you know, what's happening in the pop world, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm. And McCartney certainly fell into that trap. We'll get to Elton, David Bowie in a minute. <laughs> Elton fell into that trap as well. Um, I think it's when you go, why am I trying to, you know, keep up with the kids, so to speak? Yeah. Let me just go back to what I do and and be genuine and, and authentic again and just and think about what I want to do musically. And, yeah, you know, I think that... I think that has a lot to do with it too. So I want to give um, I want to give the same score as you for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of flipped for me. Like that's just the way I perceive it. I feel like his artistic influence is at that point now. It's long reaching, mm-hmm. and it is permeating down into people who are going back to the back catalogue and going look at all these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the experimentation, I don't know enough about to hear it. You know what I mean? I'm, not aware of anything other than a guy sitting at a piano and playing different genres. Yeah. Which, you know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. But he isn't, you know, trying different things with sound or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. doing anything that's in difficult, difficult time or whatever. Like, it's more um, great songs done well and there's nothing wrong yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's a bit like Queen in that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, like when we had, no, when we had the discussion about Queen, it was just like, well, they didn't seem to be pushing too many boundaries, but they were yeah. what they did. They did extremely yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So. But I just feel like there is, there is, as you say, a groundswell. There is a golden era happening. You know, there's a, there's a, 
from a documentary. What do I want to see? Like a testimonial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the 25 songs of Elton. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. And you hear all 25, each one of them, can't, you can't go wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there's not many artists that can have that. And the, the artists that were there performing them were like lifelong fans. And yeah. There wasn't anything disingenuous about that. And so, uh, and that was fairly recent, you know. Um, and they made it sound fresh, they made it sound, hmm. you know, valid. So, uh, yeah, go with that 16 points for me. And, and how many artists get asked to, you know, perform in a funeral? I mean, hmm. it's, you know. <laughs> a royalty like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that that's right. That really was. That's pretty much your tacit, you know, um, statesmanship. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah exactly. Mm. Yeah. 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 You've transcended beyond the rabble of of you know the yeah. the general yeah. pop people. Mm. Right. So royalty with so, a small art at that point. Sorry, Kev. So critical acclaim. Um, I had him at sixteen points. Obviously, some of those 80s albums really let him down there and even some of the early 90s stuff. But he had a, such a great string of 70s records right through to the, well, right up to the, the 80s borderline, really. Um, but still had hits through the, yeah, like yeah, despite yeah. The, the albums maybe being weaker, there were still lots of hits all the way through there. Yeah. Like he's, again, he's one of these, yeah, he's one of these only artists who has had hits in, in all the decades that he's sort of been active yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so I had him at yeah sixteen points. I had fourteen for pretty much the same reason. Uh, you know, I think I think yeah, there's some there's some albums there when when he drops out. Um, uh, I think the critics like the Lion King stuff too. Yeah, I think, you know, They thought that's that was awesome. So, Al, Al. fifteen. Fifteen. Oh, that was decisive. I like that. Kev, yeah. he's actually. Yeah, I'm thinking more about the critical. You know analysis of what he's doing like is it doing anything that's ah uh, got some depth to it and I, I, I'm not sure that there's anything in there that isn't just pretty and kind of you know about relationships and stuff like that is it you know so I've like a, you know a, I don't know anything deeper to it I don't know so I'm going to go 14 yeah, you're going yeah. 14 although um, actually the musicianship and the albums that he's put out particularly when they were really successful. I'm sure it had been lauded incorrectly. So on average, I guess it pans mm. out again yeah. over a longer time mm-hmm. period. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. So career progression achievement, I had him at 20 points here. Wow. I can't wow. think of anybody who has had more achievement or more progression in their career than to go from straight you know, like I say, vaudeville, piano tunes through progressive rock, through glam, all the way through to soundtrack work and, and that sort of thing. Um, he's won every award. You, you know, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, British Music Hall of Fame, all every, any award you can win. He's had an Academy Award. I mean, he's been fucking knighted. Yeah. God's sake. You know, like, <laughs> who, tell me someone who's won more awards, you know, done more from a career point of view, had the longevity, had the, you know, so... 20 points from me. 20. Okay. I didn't go as high. I had 16. Um, is it? Is it, again, going back to that golden era stuff, does he – I mean, I, I know in the in – the, well, in the 70s, he just was a little extravagant, right? Well, that was that glam yeah, yeah, yeah. presentation but, but he, that, he, that he helped invent that sort of, you know. But, but he wasn't – he never did anything nasty – I know at some point he wasn't a nice fellow. Sure. You yeah. know, even even his sexuality, whatever, mm. was never in your face. Mm-hmm. 
Um, no jokes from Alan. Well, um, he wrote songs about women. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So does well, he that... Well, he hit it for he right through the into... It was not till the like, yeah. mid-'80s that yeah, he yeah, decided yeah. to start to, to address it. Yeah. Like, he, he hit it for all that. He, was, he married that his first wife in, Aust- in yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah, in Australia. And they were married for four yeah. years. They broke. They divorced in 84, I think, and yeah. it was only after that that he, as part of that divorce and whatever, yeah. that he started to... You know, address it and come out, and that's when he set up the AIDS Foundation, all that kind of thing. Yeah. So, does that make him, you know, more palatable? I don't know. Um, so, so I, you know, and that's the only reason why I'm thinking mm. career progression and achievement. Yes, yes, but but somewhere in my head it goes, he's a nice guy. He he was never part of the. Uh, fuck you! I'm gonna, you know, this is my song. Fuck you! You know, he was never, yeah. he never came across as an angry young man. No. So, so does that help you somewhere along the way for people to go? Yeah. Gosh, that Elton's a lovely guy. I mean, he did. He, he, he was, was never was dirty. Really nice guy that was yeah. obviously. He thing. certainly did his fair share of drugs and alcohol. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But there was never yeah. necessarily, you know, front page of him, whatever, strung up naked in some in park somewhere. Or whatever. You know difficult themes he was coming up with things that there would be hits yeah that yeah, yeah. And, and he would did it very well yeah 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 but anyway that, that's why i only had 16 i guess in some ways it'd be like cliff richard in that respect in that it's just like oh he seems like a nice guy and you're right you know easy listening songs yeah except you know he's done it better um so yeah maybe that maybe that did just contribute it's like if you're a nice guy in the long run you know, you'll get the awards and the... Isn't Cliff Richard uh, knighted He's as well? He's uh, Cliff Richard, yeah. yeah. So does he about Sir Paul? Yeah. Sir Paul? Mickey, yeah. Mickey well, Flanagan yeah. called Cliff Richard um, the last of the mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like uh, if, you're, if you're in the UK and you grew up with all these characters and they're all of something a wee bit off, oh, and then you're yeah. like, oh, I... Uh, yeah, right. but let, let's <laughs> not... But, you know, Cliff Richard had a had a had a moment in time. Let's not oh, yeah. let's not even try to compare Cliff Richard with Elton John, for God's sake. Well, why the sound? It's a great. Song. Let's not get him. No, but, but the thing is, I mean, how do, how do you end up knighted as as Cliff Richard? It's like he, you know, yeah. he, he was very popular. Yeah. I mean, it's a very. I mean, well, maybe it's a bit skewed because it's, it's Australia and we're looking at a UK musician. Look at uh, the time. He was the groundbreaking UK artist. Yeah. He was the he was the UK Elvis yeah. back in the day in the late fifties. He was popular. Well, he was popular yeah, on, getting, it's, it's about that nice guy. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Never once, you know, been problematic. Which yes. is ironic when you look at what happened with the Beatles, but mm. yeah, I'm not saying it's 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 the re- the only reason people give out Nighthouse, but it's, yeah. it's, it's you are established. It helps. Yeah. If, if, we, if we're looking at this, cr- if we're looking at this, you know, this is whether you agree with it or not. The category is career progression and achievement. So, has he won awards? Yes, yeah, he has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he have? A, has he had a career? Pro- yeah. Gr- yeah, progressive no, he, career. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> well, that's where I look. So, we what's the score? Our, what was your score? Okay, uh, 17. 17. Uh, only 15 for me. And, and the reason is I'm not aware of the career progression that you're talking about. I, I see a guy at the piano playing nice songs that are commercially successful for his career and then mm-hmm. doing Disney. <laughs> but, you know, he soul did very well and, yeah, and he's had massive accolades for it. You can't uh, deny the fact that yeah. his. Um, as you see, he's won every award you can get. He's in every hall you can get. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's been in a few closets. <laughs> <laughs> he's been all over the house and out through the windows. Is he in your closet now? Um, yes. might find out. Al's in Al's closet. Yeah. All, right. all right, last category. So musicianship and song citizenship. I had him at 18 points. Obviously one of the greatest rock pianists. Uh, Sorry? 
<laughs> in history, Torpen, one of the great lyricists, certainly in my top five, mm. um, and also had the the stage presence and performance aspect. You know, he he helped pioneer that glam look yeah. and feel, and the, the outrageous costumes and the you know yeah. massive platform shoes and all the whole you know that whole seventies look. So, well, well, there's not many pianists. Um, okay. Rock pianists that you would say, would go mm. say let's go and watch this guy in concert. Yeah, that's it. You know, it would be him a and show. Billy Joel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, I I had him at seventeens, and I you know for and again the songwriting stuff is through the roof as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I mean, how many great songs is there? Mm. Yeah, I mean, just mm. if you were to start naming them off, and there's but yeah, and and I, and and for me, um, I, I love how people appropriate those songs. I mean, mean the the use of of an Elton uh, John song is. Um, uh, Cameron Crowe is almost famous. Mm, Tiny absolutely. Dancer. That is that yeah. is the pinnacle of that movie for me when absolutely. they play the song. And yeah. and and the whole band bonds mm. over singing that out loud, and mm. it's just a real warm fuzzy for yeah. me. Speaking of warm fuzzies, okay. Al? I just like how it was like it was all about Tony Danza. So, <laughs> um, so Ben, when you were talking about um, like his uh, stage presence, yep. What, like, what part of his career would you say? Like, what albums did that really come to the fore? Uh, that's that's his mid seventies album. So we're talking like, um, yeah, Yellow Brick Road, but more um, Don't Shoot Me. Uh, sorry, Don't Shoot Me. I'm the piano player. Um, yeah, which had, which is on that album. He did a couple um, of massive uh, concerts in Australia where they were very extravagant. They were they were televised. Yeah, yeah. They were televised in Australia. Yeah, yeah. When he's dressed up as um, Mozart. At some yeah, point, he was yeah, on stage dressed right. up as Mozart. Yeah. yeah, that was that was and that would have been early, early 80s. 80s. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, how does it compare to like Ziggy Stardust in terms of extravagance? Because I, I like I haven't seen either in concert. Like I know, mm. you know, images, static images well, of them, but in terms of concert, I mean, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't mean that. It's different. I, I don't mean that to be facetious, but literally, whenever I look at Elton now in that footage and all of that get yeah. up. He's just like living this double life, isn't it? He's allowing yeah. himself. He's mm. really about expressing this alter ego. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't That's have been it. able to express yeah. his yeah. culture of the time. I mean, let's, yeah. whereas with Ziggy, or sorry, yeah, yeah. Big Dave, yeah. right? He's out he'd, he'd accepted it. He was out. He was androgynous. Yeah, yeah. He was whatever yeah. he was, and you can sense that difference in integrity. Not integrity is the wrong word, but yeah. the representation was mm. palatable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Whereas, but whereas Bowie was controversial and kind of avant-garde. Yeah, yeah. And, never that. And, and Bowie, who's in a route of the particular couple. Bowie established yeah. a character and then and then performed in that character. Whereas Elton John was just like, I'm just going to wear the most flamboyant yeah. outfit mm. I can find, yeah. and, and no one will ever think him. people are going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. And people are just going to accept it and come to see yeah, these yeah. outrageous glasses and yeah, wigs yeah. and uh, you know feather bloody outfits and things like that. Like it was just. Um, but I'm just good old rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He was far more flamboyant than. Than Bowie or Mark Bowen or any of the other. I mean, look at Liberace, leading glam. Like that to yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Little Richards, you know, yeah, it's that yeah. kind mm-hmm. of. Not camp. It's, it's different no. to camp. But he took. Like he he took. But well, it's yeah. little Richard's oh. a good thing because he took. He took that little Richard performance style on the piano and just really yeah. Mm, yeah. blew it yeah. up. You know, like just made it all white. Just white washed all the solo out of it. Just sold it to them. So where you at, Al? We at Warm Fuzzy. 
What's the category again? Oh. Musicianship and songsmithmanship. <laughs> um, is he in your top three piano players? Rock piano players? He's in my top three pianists. Um, <laughs> so I'd say... A long list, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> oh, it's only about six inches. Um, <laughs> it's six inches thick, though. <laughs> Come on. What's your score? <laughs> okay. Um... Ben gave it 18, I gave it 17. Keep up. What's your score? 16. 16. 16 for me. Thank you, Brett. Sorry? 15. 15. Again, it's not nice. really my musicianship. It's not really my songsmithmanship, you know, but yeah. you can't argue with some of the songs he's written. And then despite myself, over the time I've known him, personally, he grew up with him. And you talk about, you yeah. know, Cameron Crowe, that was a moment where I thought, went, Oh, it's that, who's that song? We went back and went, we didn't grow up with that. We grew yeah. up with Nikita. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah we grew yeah, up with right. I'm Still Standing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was like, oh, so Elton John isn't just shit. <laughs> you know? And that's it. That was all before we were born. Yeah, okay, there you oh, go. And, mm. uh, and it was most all right. Boston at last, in the plains touching down. Our hostesses hand in the hot towels around. From a terminal gate to a black limousine It's a ten-minute ride to the Holiday Inn So on to the last artist for tonight, and that is... Bowie! David Bowie. Can we all do the accents, please? No. How about you, Brad? <laughs> I can't Can do, you one. do a Bowie. No. <laughs> no, I refuse to now. Ooh. All right, so popularity Ooh. and commercial success. I had him at 16 points. Uh, so he's had about 140, 150 million album sales. <laughs> he's had about 150 million albums. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Um, but again, he was one of those. He certainly had some breakout, certainly in the eighties, some break and seventies really, breakout pop hits uh, that people that you know would be what people would know. Um, but I think he, for the for the majority of his career, certainly his later career, he was very much uh, a cult artist, um, s- someone who did great work, but didn't reach. Yeah, uh, you know, a broad audience. You know, yeah. so yeah. I him at sixteen. I, I had sixteen for the same reason. What's really interesting too is is considering um, uh, what what does the artist want? Does the artist want to be that level of popularity and commercialism for their entire career? I don't know. It's interesting because uh, because at some point you you want to move beyond that. You know, how many times you want to do a stadium tour did, and, you know, mm. and go, what happened is he kind of got, he fell into commercial success just when he least expected it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he tried to do something um, plain and an arch. Yeah. And, and made his hero blonde and loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he, like, he started as a folk singer. Mm. Yeah. You know, in, in 62, 63, he was doing folk music. He was, writing, he was performing folk music. Yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah. until he just he really changed direction completely and yeah. signed his first, uh, well, actually his first album was pretty bad, but that second album was what, yeah. that's when it, he found his sort of, this is my style, you know, this yeah, is, this yeah. is what I'm going to be and, and that's what led mm. to, Led down the path of the, all the classic stuff, and but but again, the the whole reinvention. I mean, you know, something that potentially Madonna would tip a hat to, just that 
go away, come back completely different mm-hmm. after such mm-hmm. iconic characters too. Sure. You know, he seemed to do that uh, uh, mm. to such an extent, you know, even even more so than in, than most other artists where, mm. oh, my God, it's a new persona. Oh, my God, it's a new persona. And yeah. here's a bunch of music supporting that new persona and mm. and to be able to maintain that over, over you know, some career, it's just awesome. Yep. Al, where were you? Popularity, commercial. Um, yeah, I'd say 16. 16? It, it did. It did strike me as a bit of a cult figure mm-hmm. as well. Cult figure. Cult figure. <laughs> what about you, Kev? Uh, Where you? I would say I would say 18. 18? For me, like, um, yeah, always popular. You know, there isn't people that run around going, I don't like David Bowie. Do you know what I mean? Like always popular, but were you know pop, were, were all his albums? No, not all of them. Not, pop, but he had. So. I think when you're talking about that sort of dip in the eighties, nineties, um, that was after you know three decades already of putting out great oh, yeah. records. But I guess it's kind of like Elton John in a way. It's like his yeah. longevity did. I don't think. Well, but probably not so much work. For me, bit of songs. That's that's the difference, and it's mm. it's personal taste, right? Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's more interesting, uh, more like, challenging, you know, different um, stuff mm. and commercial success. Commercial success. Gosh. Yeah, I don't. For what he did, you know, he, he was a recognisable name for two or three decades. Yeah. Um, and even with his death album and you know his collaborations that he did towards the end of his career, he had you know massive, um, yeah, popularity. Yeah. And commercial success all the way through. Okay. 18. So eighteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. He never really struck me as wanting huge commercial success. I imagine that you know he wanted to make enough to survive and live a comfortable life, but it was never. He never came across as like, goal "I'm gonna, you know, sort of. yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. aim aim for the sky." It was always like, well, "What am I interested yeah. in now?" And when he did the live aid thing, he was doing dancing the street with Mick Jagger. Mm. He, he was just wetting himself the whole way through. It. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was yeah. kind of like I can't believe I'm this guy doing this thing. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, it was like a, a long-term art project rather yeah. than yeah, yeah, than a musician. You know, and he'd said himself that he was planning on being a performer in theatre, yeah. and he mm. says fell into music, and that was the way yeah. of going. He's like, well, I'll just mash theatre into this. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't about being a successful recording artist. It was mm. about being very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the so, way that yeah, we all are. Yep. So experimentation Ooh. and artistic oh. influence. I had him at twenty points. Boom. I can't find anybody who's covered more musical genres, mm. pioneered more sounds, <laughs> or who's been more influential. Yeah. So. And I agree. I'm at nineteen. I think. Um, uh, uh, just a mate. Just just a you know. You, you draw, you know, drawing the dots through that career and through the sounds he he w- was pioneering in that, um, and, it, and it goes back to Kev's comment. It it feels artistic, you know. He wasn't making commercial decisions. Mm. He he went away and said, oh, "What do I want now?" And you know, took took off in a new direction and dragged everyone with him, or left people behind. And who cares? I think didn't really care about it. <laughs> so so I think that's that sort of aided that. I went and saw a. a um, 
uh, an exhibition of his uh, in Chicago uh, before he died. And the thing I loved about him was uh, uh, the first thing you read was that as a teenager, he didn't know whether he wanted to be an actor, a musician, or a fashion designer. And at the end of his career, he'd done it all. Mm, yeah. You know, but even though at the very start he sort of got into the whole, you know, pop sort of stuff. Mm. In the end, he he did it all and, yeah, and yeah. what a great, you know, yeah. what a great thing that you don't have to uh, pigeonhole yourself and say, well, you need to forget all these yeah. other things I can, you know. Yeah. And, and again, to me, that sounds artistic. It sounds like that was what well, the drive was. I, I'm, I'm was interested artist, in this. He was an artist first. And yeah, his, yeah. his initial outlet was music, you know. Yeah. And then he, but he, that allowed him to then do whatever he wanted. But yeah. he just had that artistic soul that, you know, was expressed most obviously in music, but yeah. he was a great, yeah, great painter and great. Yeah, yeah. he was in a labyrinth. Dabbled in some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was in a labyrinth. Well, he got an extra two points for me just for being in labyrinth. There so. you go. I mean, that, that, to me, that's uh, <laughs> very like, that, That's <laughs> in career yeah. progression. I mean, I mean, being a goblin king regression every day. That's right. <laughs> Is that that's like a knife? Imagine having a successful career despite being in a labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> Al, where um, are you for experimentation and artistic influence? You're a bit yes. like Goblin King, aren't you, mate? Pass in your pass. Don't you know it? Yeah. Um, Eighteen. Eighteen. Um, even though I don't like all of his work, like there's a lot that I like. Get out. But but I think it's more. Uh, I can appreciate what he's trying to accomplish. So I'd imagine that there'd be other people who may not like his music, but go, well, this is a guy who approached the craft of um, music or, you know, because a lot of it was just theatre in music yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. It's just like, you know, that whole approach to being an artist had a lot going for it. Even yeah. if you don't like all the songs, you could look at what he was doing and going, oh, well, okay, yeah. you know, he appeared to be doing it with, with purpose and... Uh, integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go for a twenty as well. I've not done one before. Ooh, yes. That's that's a big night. Yeah. yeah. I agree with Ben. You agree with Ben? That's but even bigger. Yeah. Again, like <laughs> good I'm, for different reasons. No, 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 I'm just being facetious. Again, <laughs> seems to be my thing tonight. Yeah, but um, yeah, experimentation. Um, enormously experimental in the, the way he crafted being an artist and mashing it into music as we're saying and the influence is unparalleled you know because he had an artistic integrity and became commercial success with it that's the holy grail that's yeah. what people want you know that's what you're struggling you know bands they say the same thing in every interview don't they you know we want to do it just for us people yeah. like it well <laughs> oh. yeah. no 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 <laughs> you want to do exactly what you want to do and you want people to adore it yeah that's right to be number one that's right uh, and that's okay but only Bowie as far as I can see has achieved that holy grail mm. yeah and, and I'll change my mind and, and, and you know about all this tomorrow but <laughs> yeah I totally totally think that um, it's just enjoy it just puts a smile on your face thinking about someone having that level of success while being carefree with it you know, dedicated, all that kind of stuff, but yeah. pursuing a vision of his own. Yes. I mean, Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Unlistenable, though. That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were to sit me down and say, let's listen to A, Gene Genie, or here's a spoon, carve your eyeballs out, and then, <laughs> then listen to it, then listen to it. 
see the hole in Pink Floyd's back catalogue, I think, you know, I'd be picking up that spoon as soon as the record track. Oh, I thought that was one of their songs. Here's <laughs> yeah. a spoon, have yeah, your eyeballs out. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, I didn't, that sorry, was sorry. I'm just that's all right. Tropic. All right, critical acclaim. Critical acclaim. Hide him at 16 points. 16? Um, he was highly critically acclaimed for, for the majority of work. There is some, really some miss albums in there, though, particularly in the 80s. He didn't die. Um, but just, from Ziggy through Aladdin Sane mm. to the Eno stuff, you know, the Berlin yeah. records, as they're called, um, those, you know, that, that period in particular was just so strong. Um, and then, he, again, he had sort of a, a late career resurgence with some of the latest. I mean, that final album is fantastic. So, yeah, 16, album, uh, 16 albums, 16 points. 16 points, 16 stars. I gave him 17. Um, I even like, uh, uh, and there were a few of us who liked his, was it Tin Machine? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I love that album. But yeah, anyway. that was a good, a great album. Mm. Yeah, uh, critics didn't like that. Was it was so different. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But and I, fans I love were that. ready for him just to do anything. Yeah, and it just seemed like a straight rock thing. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. he hasn't done that. Yeah, I mean, I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, again, you know, uh, uh, has his death given us that golden fuzzy critics mm. love him? You know, I don't know. Um, he was a little edgier than El- than Elton ever yep. was. Have you heard um, Black Star? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Incredibly yeah. challenging and interesting, yeah. and you know, Elton joint would not. And 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 how lovely um, that he was able to do that, mm. knowing what was coming. And die two days. And and uh, to to want to continue to do that. You know, a lot of people would. Well, no, hang on. If I'm mm. if I'm going out the door, then to do I'm my gonna, album of American standards. <laughs> yeah, or I'm going <laughs> to shut up shop and you know sit in the countryside and, and yeah. look at I the think the interesting thing isn't that they would want to do it. It's more the fact that he was able to do it with style yeah. and still be challenging and turn his actual life into an art project, turn yes. his death into an art mm. project, yeah. and sort of say, well, this is this is the real deal. Yeah. Mm. You know, I'm I'm making music about whatever right up to this business. Yeah. For anything last night about this and the idea of death albums, and I've sort of seen I haven't heard anything like that. No, you know, mm. Iggy Pop's released one called American Valhalla, and it kind of approaches the same themes and stuff like that. And, and I was saying, Oh, this is just it sounds like a dumbs down idea. It's like, yeah. oh, when you die in America, <laughs> like, you know, okay, Iggy, uh, put the lyrics away. Um, whereas he was doing something just really quite beautiful. And and I mean the video and that his artistic influence in that final video as well is just like mm. wow it really is breathtaking. Yeah, cool. mm-hmm. So sorry, Kev, do you want to jump in and give me your score for Critical Claim? Oh, I'm gonna go eighteen. Eighteen? I, I I've never read a bad review, and I you know I wasn't around for the eighties, but I think on average for the yeah the level of. Um, you weren't around for the 80s. How old are you? Wasn't around for the 80s. What do I mean by that? Uh, 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 okay, uh, Al, where were you with I wasn't reading magazines. Was re- <laughs> you, reading, oh, okay. yeah. you weren't listening to music in the 80s, yeah. right? Yeah, 17. 17. All right. Nice. Career progression and achievement. Yeah, so I had him at 18 points. Uh, he's in, obviously, all the Hall of Fames and won all kinds of awards. Um covered so many different genres again just such a progression from from folky stuff through glam through rock through the electronic stuff with Eno the early electronic stuff and then later in his career the sort of more full on electronic stuff which was great as well so um, I think he was one of the few artists who's been able to stay 
with or ahead of the curve almost right through his career. You know, we talked mm, about mm. artists who, just before we even talked about artists who, like, try to keep up with the kids sort of thing yeah, yeah. And, and fail miserably. He's someone who really did pioneer, kept pioneering stuff and, and yeah, was not, I'm not, not trying to pretend that he invented electronic music or anything like that, but, yeah, he was he was on top of that and doing that yeah. you know, before it was uh, you know before some other people were sort of followers, so to speak. So, eighteen points for me. Yeah, I had eighteen uh, similar reasons, and I think you're right. I think um, if you if you if you think about the money, it's got to affect the art. He doesn't appear to be thinking about money. He's thinking about the art, and therefore can sustain you know that other than you know he, he was obviously just a, a sponge and could soak it all up and mm. and and you know he's potentially a great recruiter yeah 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 brilliant brilliant just cherry picking talent yeah. you know and, and and not being shy of using it you know and yeah that was an interesting aspect of what he did particularly once those early career progressions those characters weren't really the real deal anymore he tried a few things and mm. gone into pop and it was like then he just wasn't shy about you know I'm going to work with this yeah, person yeah. and this person and uh, yeah <coughs> yep um, so while we're well there you want to give me your career progression and achievement score I'm going to go 18 18 mm-hmm. beat that young Al 18 and a half Whoa. no half sorry we don't do halves what's your score 18 18 thank you mate all right is that everyone on that that's everyone done there so we're on the last category musicianship and songsmithmanship i had him at 16 points um he was a proficient multi-instrumentalist uh wrote obviously some classic songs and experimenting with all different structures and styles of songwriting and i had him as a capable lyricist there's some you know, some weak stuff, but generally, you know, gets the job done lyrically. So, uh, yeah, 16 points. I had, a, had him at 17. Um, uh, again, you know, the, the strong uh, songwriting there. I love, I love at some point in the in the 70s, he had obviously been writing something, and I, I read a story where to decide the chord progression, he got the dartboard out. And the next chord <laughs> we're going to play is, it's this, it's an A-flat minor, you know, wow. the next chord we're going to play is, and, you know, these were great songs. So, yeah, yeah I think it's just, mm-hmm. just, just an absolute star. All right, Al? Al? Um, I'll say 17. 17. Okay. And it's 18 for me. 18? 18. 18. Wow, okay. Wow. I think the thing he did was he wrote songs that no one else could. Yeah. Just thought of, you know, like... Okay. Yeah. Like, his best songs were awesome, (laughs) but he also wrote a lot of stuff that, personally, I just... Like Life on Mars, for Mm. instance. You know, I've I've heard um, people talk about how that's put together and just seeing... Just no one would think of going there mm. imagine you're playing along with this at home it's first day. where mm. do you think it goes mm-hmm. this is where it goes <laughs> I don't know anyway yeah okay cool there we go like to take a cement fix biggest standing cinema dress my friends up just for show see them as they really are Put the people in my brain Two new pens to have a go I'd like to be a gallery 
Put your wallet inside my show. So, Brett. All right. Uh, that ends our that ends... four acts for tonight. You better give us okay. the results. So, in, in the final group, potentially, um, what's really interesting is that the numbers support what we said at the beginning, which this is a very strong group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, coming last, sorry, Kev, it's Jimi Hendrix. Um, at 80 points. Now, what's really interesting is these scores would outstrip some of the previous mm, potential yeah. winners. But anyway, Hendrix gets 80. Coming in in third spot, Elton John at 81.5. Where did the point five come from? <laughs> <laughs> just... no, I will, no, because when I average, average it out, that's average, what I get. Yeah. Um, uh, Pink Floyd... Sniffs those guys out at 82. Sniffs them out. What's with you in the sniff? But thing people see, Brett. But it it is tonight. It is tonight. Uh, But David Bowie smashed everybody. 87.75. So, sorry, how how ahead was he of Pink Floyd? Uh, 5.75. That's that's Kev's influence there. Yeah, good on you, Kev. Good on you, Kev. You ruined the game. (laughs) You ruined it. You're welcome. All right. Well, I mean, they, they all deserve to go through, but only one can. So David but, Bowie, yep. yeah, David Bowie goes. Yeah. But what's really interesting is <laughs> the aggregate scores along the way. I mean, uh, Bowie beats uh, uh, Pink Floyd popularity and commercialism sixteen point five to fifteen point five. Mm-hmm. It was in the experimentation, the artistic influence that Bowie jumped ahead by about two points. Yep. Um, critical claim pipped them there, but there wasn't much in career progression. Wasn't much in uh, musicianship and songsmithship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very All right. It's just surprising when it's three to one. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. And join us next time on the Lords of Loud. And don't forget to check out our website, lordsofloud.com. And also find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Lords of Loud. Thanks for listening.